Goosebumps, number Dirty 30. It came from Beneath the Sink by R.L. Stein. It's warm, it's breathing, and it doesn't do dishes. Their luck's about to go down the drain. Kat and her brother Daniel are so lucky. They just moved into a new house with tons of rooms, two balconies, and a lawn the size of a football field. But all that good luck is about to run out. Because there's something really evil living in their new house. Something that's moving, watching, waiting. Something that comes from beneath the kitchen sink. Listener beware, you're in for a scare. Nice kids. They're gonna love Dark Falls. Stein tweeted uh, an article um, from BarnesandNoble.com about mm, Barnes and Noble about the seven scariest Goosebumps picks, and this was one picks? of like you know what are your favorite oh, picks? picks? I thought you like pictures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and wait, this, when did this come out? This came out August twenty sixth, two thousand fifteen. Oh, okay, that's in preparation for the movie. <laughs> that's good. And this was one of the seven scariest. It was BarnesandNoble.com. <laughs> Don't you want to know the other ones? <laughs> Yeah, you said fuck you. The other ones were Night of the Living Dummy, Agreed. Yeah, Welcome to Camp Nightmare, totally. I mean, yeah, Be Careful What You Wish For, (laughs) The Ghost Next Door, (laughs) Stay Out of the Basement, and of course the The Haunted Mask. Hi guys, we're the Terror Twins. Hi guys, we're the Terror Twins. <laughs> I'm Daniel. I, <laughs> maybe I'm just projecting, but to me it sounds like, Hi, we're the Terror Twins. I'm Daniel. We're here to talk about Goosebumps. <laughs> I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery, and we love Goosebumps more than anything. The other day, was it yesterday or a couple days ago? I don't even, I don't know. Some girl asked us and she's like, oh. Which one of you loves Goosebumps more? Or like, like, um, I don't don't know. know. Like, it's pretty equal. Yeah. So today we're 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 dirty thirty, as you said. We are. We're three times ten. We are three times ten. I was gonna say three decades in, but that's not true. That's not true at all. That's not it. So this book out. This book came out in April nineteen ninety five. Nineteen and I'm going to say it right now. I think say it. The, I think the TV episode's better than the book. You know what? When I was rereading this book, which I read on a hike on Runyon Kane. You read this book on a hike? More like a sit. Um, yeah. When I was rereading it, this is one of those that, and maybe viewers and listeners, viewers who are watching this podcast, um, uh, um, remember, I remember the TV episode so vividly and I didn't yes. realize how different the book is from 
the TV episode. I've seen the television episode so much oh, that... Oh, same here. That... I've realized I've only probably... This is probably maybe only my third or fourth time reading the book. Yes, as I was reading the book, I was like, wait, this isn't how it goes. Interesting. There's a lot, there's a lot of differences, and, and there's... I think... I think there's certain ideas that the book pulls off better, but ultimately I think the the um, TV show is more effective because I thought this I one agree. was a little... A, just a little boring. The book? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was maybe a but little boring. But maybe I've boring. just grown complacent to the idea of this evil sponge. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into it, you yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Let's just break it down. This one has an exclamation point at the end. It came from Eat the Sing! It came from Eat the Sing! And this is like Jovial Bob shout out to those like B-50 sci-fi movies. Yeah, it where came it's from like... Beneath the Sea. And I'm looking at, we have the original copy right here. It's all kind of ripped and, and, and ripped torn. Nothing's fine. I'm, um, but the colors that we're dealing with here are a, it looks like a highlighter yellow that's been highlighting over black ink. So the highlighter yellow has become a little it's, dirty. It's a, it's a, um, it's a chartreuse. Okay. And then there's like a muddy, uh, mud blood brick red. Yeah. It's as, it's as muddy as a red can get. And this, the, the cover of this book is, you know, a kitchen sink, you know it. A kitchen sink being opened, and then there's glowing green serpentine eyes with kind of a spongy face from behind a squiggly old faucet. I remember being very excited about this one when I was younger for some reason. I thought this one was so, like, kind of, like, kooky and weird and exciting. And I think, from my personal opinion, this is one of those, like, quintessential Goosebumps books. Oh, where it's totally. like, everyone knows it came from beneath the sink. Everyone knows what a gruel is. But I think there's probably, there might be a handful of listeners who don't know. You know, I mean, like, does Kat know? Because I know Kat tunes in, but she hasn't read a, all the episodes. I don't know. We'll have to ask. Anyway, Kat, if you don't know, we're going to teach you about what a gruel is today. I I I think of I I I I think of this book, and I think g of for some reason I think of it as one of your favorites. One of my favorites. Yeah, I don't know why, but in my brain it's always like, oh, well, that's one of Matthew's favorites. Oh. Is that correct? Um, I don't know. I think it might have been because when we were younger, I would read the even ones first, and then you would read the odd ones first mm. um, when they came out. And so in my mind, all the even books are my books, and all well, the, the odd, odd ones books... are mine. Huh? Yeah. The odd ones are my books. I don't get it. I'm just I'm just saying, stating that as a fact. Like, that's just a fact. Oh, Okay. And so this is like an even one. So like I guess maybe I. I guess do. that makes that makes total sense. Twins, we have to share. So this book has. I wrote down a note that it has a lot of foreshadowing in it, which uh -huh. I thought was interesting. Um, that's all. This book kind of like drills the idea home of what's happening over and over and over again. And I was like, we get it. So this the protagonist of this book is Cat, <laughs> which is short for Katrina, Katrina. Van Tassel. No, Katrina Merton is her name. Isn't it Katrina Milton? Oh, yeah, it's Katrina Milton. Oh, is this book of sales, Katrina Milton, and oh, her brother, Daniel. And her brother, Daniel, uh, she's almost 12. She turns 12 in this book. Almost. And Daniel's her younger brother, who is I hope she has 10. a fun birthday party this year. That Last year, she had a make-your-own-pizza party that everyone talked about for weeks. Oh, wow. So they are moving into a huge new house. That's about three blocks away from their old one. And this house, girl, it sits on its own little hill. It's three stories. It's yellow. It's got a wraparound porch. It's got those buttery yellow shutters. Mm, you're making me hungry. And at least a dozen windows. And this always, this is one of the first things I think of about when I think of this book for some reason. But I remember the description of the house having a yard as big as a football field. 
And I take trying to wrap my head around. Yeah, I was like a yard that big. I think if you're following us on this journey at this point, and you gotta realize that they they be some hyperboles in these books. Yes, you know what I mean. Just like that. Was it? Uh, I think it's you can't scare me. Where there was like a mask that our um, Eddie and Hat or some someone's older brother had a mask so scary that a girl screamed for a week. Or oh something. yes, or screamed for an hour. <laughs> I wanna. <laughs> Wow. You sound like RuPaul. <laughs> the idea of someone screaming from a mask for an hour is... <laughs> I want to take everything I so read... I want to take everything I read in these books at literal face Me value. too. And I, my my fantasy, especially with... Um, there's a new Fear Street book out now that I have to get by oh, the way, what's Dead it Boyfriend. Called? Oh, my favorite type. But I, I, my fantasy is to, you know, redo all these episodes in a way, have them set in the 90s and the Fear Street books... And take it so everything be completely literal, have not I, change have the I dialogue. Have I said that on the podcast that it's my wild dream? I, I think you have, but now it's my dream. Okay, you get the even ones. Uh-huh. So Cat has freckles and red hair, of course. Take a drink. <laughs> Catherine Middleton. Daniel has brown hair that always falls in his eyes, and he has a, a sturdy build, which means he's fat. <laughs> Um, so the house mm, is huge. Handsome, sturdy husband who builds handsome, sturdy walls. <laughs> For a handsome, sturdy husband who builds handsome, sturdy walls. <laughs> the house is huge, and it's kind of dusty and old. It has some broken shutters, and but it's cool because Cat gets her own balcony. Chapter 9. And Daniel gets a bunk bed that he can share with his best friend, Carlo. Mm. So Daniel's your typical little brother. What's great about this, the dynamic between Cat and Daniel, is that, like, um... Oh, wow. Trash day. Um, Do you hear that dumpster banging around in the back? It dumps like a truck. Um, Is that, it's like kind of annoying little brother, but it's not like to the nth degree. You know what I mean? No, he just does, he just does, he does things like teases cat with a super soaker. Uh, And she's like, oh, you're Mr. Know-it-all. He's the human tornado. It's not like Kermit or Tara the Terrible or anything. No. So, uh, dad tells, um, tells Daniel to go walk their dog Killer. I think that's such a great name for a dog. And I also think this is interesting that Kat and Daniel are out of school for the day because they're helping their parents move. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So while Daniel, Daniel's walking Killer, which Killer, by the way, they say it's, it's such a great, it's such a funny name for the dog because he, he's scared of everything. Killer. Kat, um, Kat is told to clean the kitchen cabinets. So she's cleaning the kitchen cabinets and she hears... A noise like a squeaky wooden stair inside the cabinet under the sink. And she goes to investigate it, and she's grabbed by a dark, hairy claw. Oh, no. But it turns out it's just Daniel in a rat costume. Same. Daniel. And then Killer shows up. Killer, their cocker spaniel. I just looked it up. Oh, cute. He pulls something from out uh, out from under the sink, and he's, he's sniffing at it and growling at it. At it and, and Kat's like, that weird. that's weird. He never growls. And what he's pulled from under the sink is just a sponge, a light brown sponge, a little bigger than an egg. <laughs> now, let's talk about the whole idea of it. This is like a, a your, quote, garden variety kitchen sponge. Like what? I don't know. People used to clean their stuff with a dirty, dirty sponge from the sea. I use a scrub daddy. I use a scrub daddy. I don't know what people did before that. I don't know much about cleaning. I, that's a good point. So Cat picks up the sponge and Killer like tries to bite her. And she's like, what are you doing, Killer? And then she looks at it up real close and she can't believe it. But it's moving. 
The sponge oh, is no. moving in the and no out. no bigger than an A garden variety ocean sponge is moving. It's breathing and it's making a noise like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's written as whoa <laughs> Whoa. I like this literal. Okay, let's, let's keep. Yeah, the, I was giving you a, a pretty serious time with talent interpretation. But I like the idea of it going. Whoa, ah. Whoa, ah. And she freaks out. She tosses back under the sink and mom walks in. She says, mom, that sponge is alive. She says, that's nice, dear. No, you don't understand. Whoa, ah, whoa, ah, ah. She says, no, I swear. And Daniel says, it's mine. And he goes under the sink to grab it and screams a butt. A butt-curdling <laughs> scream of pain. A blood-curdling scream of pain. I don't know. A butt-curdling scream of pain sounds even more painful. Girl, I've been there. Uh -huh. The mom comes back in and says, what is going on? And Daniel says, I hit my head under the sink. And he said, Kat pushed me. She pushed me. And mom says, Kat, stop kidding around. Watch your brother and tell him to not take things that don't belong to him. And she's like, I can't believe you two are fighting over a stupid sponge. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Yeah, right? Like, who cares? So, um, Daniel runs off with Killer, and Cat picks the sponge, and not only is it breathing, but it's warm, and it's pulsing, making a ka-chunk, ka-chunk noise. Whoa, ah, whoa, ah, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. And she sees that it has two wet, black eyes. Same. Looks like somebody had to tell it twice. Uh-huh. Uh... So she runs to find her dad, who was on a ladder, like in the front hall, trying to fix some light. Just with dad. nails in his mount. And she says, Dad, Dad, the sponge, it has eyes, it's a breathing. And he goes, let me see. He reaches down to grab it, and the ladder wobbles, and he starts to fall, and he pulls the hall light down, and then he's dead. Oh, no, he died. <laughs> He falls down on the ground off the ladder and he dies. And everybody rushes in and he's and the dad says, Oh no, my uncle. Mine <laughs> uncle. And um she's like, Oh gosh, cat pushed me off the ladder. So let's just recap what's happening so far. So they found um, so Kat went to a fucking kitchen sink and she heard a, a creaky stair noise, but it just turned out to be her brother in a rat costume. Yes. Then, then Killer was barking at actual something and it turned out to be a kitchen sponge that was breathing like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ah. And then her little brother smacks his head on the top of a sink thing. But thinks Kat but pushed thinks him. Kat pushed him. And so then they fight over the sponge. Then she goes to tell her daddy about this sponge. He doesn't give two shits. He falls. And then the dad thinks... That cat pushed the ladder and pushed him. And cat's like, "What are you talking about? I never did that to my dad." She sees that the sponge is pulsing faster, going baboom, 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 <laughs> and she sees that it's breathing more heavily. And she's like, "I've had it." So she throws it out in the trash can outside, and that's the end of the book. The end. So the TV episode. So the next day, cat hears um, Daniel and his best friend Carlo talking about the sponge and it turns out daniel's grabbed it from the trash and cat says it's not a sponge it's not i know it is i looked it up in the cyclopedia and sponges can't. i looked it up in the cyclopedia and sponges can't survive out of water it must be part sponge part animal edutaining what's so funny about this book too is there's several moments that would be modern day googling or binging or whatever 
Um, but it, instead, they just like pull out the big old fat encyclopedia and flip over a sponge and learn things. Oh my god, ask Jeeves. So Kat insists, she's like, you know what, we should Smarter probably keep child. it. Smarter child. We should keep it until we figure out what it is. So Carlo puts it in a, gir- a I was going to say a gerbil cage. <laughs> puts it in a girdle. Puts it in a gerbil cage that just happens to be in Kat's room. Yeah. And as he's putting in the cage, cage he screams, it ate my hand. No, no, it ate my hand. But he thought Kat pushed her his hand. Oh, but he turns out he's just joshing and... He's like, ha, ha, ha. But on their way out, Carlo screams for real. And it turns out he stepped on a nail and his foot is bleeding. To me, this is very similar to that moment in Welcome to Camp Nightmare where it's like kind of half scare things are happening. And then something so fucked up and actually dark that happens that they gloss over that I think is so scary. Like that kid gets bit by a snake. Yes. Do you remember that? And like, oh, he just got bit bitten by a snake. Bitten by a snake. Bitten, yep. He just got bitten by a snake. Like, oh gosh. But this is like fucking Home Alone. Like, stepping on a nail, blood soaking through the sock. Yeah, I would be freaking out if I... St- it makes me think... Yeah, Home Alone is yeah. exactly what I think of. And Kat notices that the sponge not only is breathing now and pulsing, but it's hoo-ha, quivering hoo-ha, with joy. Ka-chunk. It's breathing so loudly and pulsing quickly and quivering with joy. So the next morning, it's Kat's birthday, and everybody's excited because they're going to Wonder Park. Oh my gosh, I love Wonder Wonder Park, Wonder Wonder Park... Where happiness happens and your wonder, wonder, wonder park and beautiful wonder, wonder park. Yes. And what's so gorgeous about wonder park is that it's that, a, this is what's so gorgeous about it's it. It's a water park and <laughs> it's so much fun and it's completely amazing. She and all her bast friends are going to wonder park for her 12th birthday. She's been looking forward to it for months <sighs> and she's so excited, so crazy. Oh, I, I think, I think we jumped the gun here. And then the next morning, they're talking about how excited oh, they are. Oh, we got so excited about Wonder Park that we thought today was Kat's birthday. No, no, no. I got confused. Today's not her birthday, but I'm so excited for Wonder Park. So Kat gets a container to put her sponge in to show to Mrs. Vanderhoff, the, her teacher, so Mrs. Vanderhoff can tell, tell her what it is. The description for Mrs. Vanderhoff is kind of funny to me because she talks about saying how, like, she's this teacher that has literally no sense of humor and she's never seen her smile, but there's kind of this, like, great respect for her. And this is, like... You know, she's not the she's not the friendliest uh, creature in the whole wide world, but the next cartoon features Mrs. Vanderhoff. Yes. But it's like, there's kind of this, like, positive, like, teacher, we respect Mrs. Like, Vanderhoff. Like, she's cool. So on the way to school, cool. um, Daniel says, and they, they I think they they walk to school. Oh my god, can I pause this for a second? Of course. I doggied this page, because I thought this was so dramatic and funny, and this is another example of that foreshadowing you're talking yes. about. After Carlos steps on the, uh, steps on the, the nail that literally goes through his shoe and his sock and his foot and starts bleeding because he's an 11 year old boy um this is what happens i just thought this was so over the top and amazing as i wrapped an old t-shirt around carlo's foot two questions ran through my mind what in the world is happening here why did the sponge creature suddenly get so excited i wouldn't find out the frightening truth about the sponge sponge creature until the next day and when i learned it i understood why there were so many accidents in our new house and it made me wish that i had never opened that cabinet never reached under the sink and never found the spongy thing because now it was too late too late for all of us intermission isn't that so like dramatic yes i love it i thought that was dramatic I actually wrote a note to read that page too. Oh wow! So on the way to school the next th- that morning, 
Daniel says, watch out, cat. And then all of a sudden, there's a loud crack. And cat sees a dead tree branch above her about to fall on top of her. And as she says, crush her into kitty litter. So as far as I'm concerned, at this point to me, this book is like Final Destination that, that just happens to be a sponge along for the ride. That's correct. So Daniel pushes her out of the way and saves her. And saves her. The container goes flying out of her hand. And she sees that the sponge is... is pulsing and breathing so loudly so happily so at school mrs vanderhoff says oh yeah it's just what i thought it's just a sponge a dirty one i might add if this is your idea of a joke katrina and so and it basically shuts shuts her down and mrs vanderhoff reaches in her desk to pull out their test results and accidentally slams the drawer on her fingers and Kat has to take her to the nurse. And she's like, this is kind of traumatizing for me because Mrs. Vanderhoff all of a sudden goes, I think I broke my fingers. And I was Slam! Trying, I was trying to imagine how, ooh, I don't like the idea of that. Um, so oh, those, those finger clamps. So he, um, uh, he, who am I talking about? Cat uh, takes her to the nurse, comes back to class, and runs into Daniel in the hallway and he says, cat, cat. I... Is this a book that he just got in the library? Yes. He says, I found out what the sponge is. I'm reading another en- en- encyclopedia. This is the encyclopedia of the weird. And he shows her a picture yeah. of, of something called a gruel. Gruel. I meant to say cool, and then I started to say great. Right. Well, gruel. And this is the description of what a gruel is. Jeez, there's geez. a there's a picture that matches that matches the sponge. The gruel is an ancient and mythical creature. The gruel does not eat food or drink water. Instead, it gets its strength from luck. Bad, bad luck. luck. The gruel has always been known as a bad luck charm. It feeds on the bad luck of other people. The gruel becomes stronger each time something bad happens around it. Bad luck for the gruel owner never ends. The gruel cannot be killed by force or by any violent means. And it cannot ever be given away or tossed aside. A gruel is only passed on to a new owner when an owner dies. Anyone who gives the gruel away will die within one day. Oh, no. So that is like, you know, the... Um, that's it. That's what's happening. So Daniel also points out on the on the next page, there's, he's like, ew, there's another gross creature. It's like a potato with a mouth full of sharp, pointy teeth. And it says, the lynx is a cousin of the gruel, but it is much more dangerous. Once the lynx latches onto someone, it never lets go until it has drained every drop of energy from that person. Cat's like, I've had enough. Stop reading. Terrifying. Yeah, right. Like, this is... I don't believe any of this. And she runs back to class, no. throwing, throwing her hands in the air. No. And when she gets back to class, she sees the gruel that not... Now it's it's also, like, wet as and well. And I wet. It's wet, too. And she's like, what are you? So when they get home that day, um, their mom is standing out front. She says, I have really bad news, you guys. Oh, no. I'm so sorry, but Killer is gone. He Aww. ran away, and Kat's like, he's not brave enough to run away. That's I so hate that. So Daniel and Carla go out to look for Killer all night, but ain't no sign of him, and Kat goes and takes the gruel upstairs and angrily hurls it against the wall, knowing this is all the gruel's fault with a sickening splat. And then she feels a stab of pain. And it turns out when she threw the gruel at the same time with her other hand, she slammed her hand down on a pair of scissors on her desk. Oh, scissors. Scissors. And it's bleeding. Wow, this book is violent. And she hears the gruel laughing going, hey, 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 hey. 
But not only that, but it turned from brown to pink to bright tomato red. Now, this is something I didn't remember at all. I remember. I didn't remember it being a color-changing gruel that turns from brown to pink to bright tomato red. So Kat gets, <laughs> Kat gets a Band-Aid to put on her cut after slamming her hand down on the, on the, on the scissors. On the scissors. Um, scissors. 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 Scissors? Well, there are all kinds of scissors. And, and once, there was even a man who had scissors for hands. A man? Yes. Hands? Scissors? No, scissor hands. No, don't scissor you th- hands. Don't you think she needs stitches for a scissor cut? Don't you think Carla would need stitches on his nail foot? That's true. So Daniel and Carlo come back into his, come into her room, and they're messing around with the gruel. They put it back in the cage, and Carlo's like, "I want to borrow it," but Daniel kind of says, "No, wait, no, wait." The encyclopedia says you can't. Otherwise, cat will die. You can't take it, Carlo. She'll die within seven days after watching the sponge. I got a better one. Mm. Have you heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it? What kind of tape? A tape, a regular tape. People run it. I don't know. You start to play it, and it's like somebody's nightmare. Then suddenly, this woman comes on, smiling at you, right? Seeing you through the screen. And as soon as it's over, your phone rings. Someone knows you've watched it. And what they say is, you will die in seven days. And exactly seven days later, told you that somebody from Rivera who told you what's your problem I've watched it and so they 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 leave they they show up for just for a short visit and then cat guys cat looks at the girl and says I swear if another bad things bad thing happens I'm gonna bury you bitch Toot toot. Cat wakes up the next morning to a party horn, and today is her birthday. It's time Yay! for Wonder Park. Now it's time to go to Wonder Park. But she looks out the window and sees, oh no. Oh no, it's, it's raining. raining. It's a thunderstorm. And they we can't possibly go to Bunder Park now. Dunder Park. And Cat blames it on the gruel. You did this. You and did it. So everything's canceled for her birthday that day. Wow. Happy birthday, bitch. And that night it stops raining and Kat stays true to her word and she and Daniel bury it in the backyard. Fuck you, bitch. And as she buries it, she feels that it's dry and dead and she drops it deep in a hole and covers it up. And then she looks around and says, Daniel, where'd you go? And she finds him hiding behind the garage sitting with his hands around his knees. And she was like, oh no, something terrible's happened to Daniel. I just knew it. And he says, no, I'm fine. I was just scared that something bad was going to happen after we buried it, like it was going to explode or something. And this is the part to me where it's like, aw, Daniel and Kat really care about each other. Like, she saw how scared he was, and it's not like we're not making fun of each other anymore. We're on the same team fighting this sponge. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So they run inside, and it's time for Kat's birthday dinner. Yes, I still get my big old birthday cake for my birthday. I'm 12. And they sing happy birthday. And then at the end of happy birthday, they hear a big bang and a pop. Oh, no, it's a gunshot. It's a drive-by shooting thanks to the gruel. No, it's actually just a cork to the sparkling cider. Oh, Kat's favorite. Wow, I really thought it was a big bam blammo. And 
Cat opens her presents. She gets two new video games, a disc man and some CDs, a purple backpack, and a pink and purple sweatshirt. You guys, can I just tell you for a second? This of is, course. This is super important. Throughout the book, it's constantly referenced what Cat is wearing and what she likes, and she she don't wear nothing but pink and purple. She's like, I woke up wearing like a a pink fascinator and a purple and pink striped scarf over my purple and pink striped sweater over my lycra day glow purple shorts with my pink socks and my pink and purple striped boat shoes. She's consistent. Yes. Have you watched uh, all Drag Race All-Stars, the most recent episode? Yes, I have. Um, Alaska's commercial made me laugh a lot. Yeah. God, she's so funny. She is really funny. The my favorite part of it. Spoiler alert! If you haven't watched most of, I don't know. The time this comes out. If you haven't watched Drag Race, watch it. (laughs) My favorite part was when she was saying the three colors that you can order your fashion tape. (laughs) Yes. What was it? I don't remember, but it made me laugh so hard. Available in three unique shades: stunning, fierce, and yellow. And they're all exactly the same color. It's it's really satisfying. Yeah. Um, I was just it made me think of that staying true to your brand, you know, just like Cat Merton. So in the morning, next morning, Cat sees that all the grass in their backyard has burned brown. She says that Dad's pink begonias and prized red roses are shriveled and black. Wow. And she knows it's a gruel, so she hurries outside and digs it out early in the morning before anybody else can see what she's doing. And it is vibrating like crazy, going ba-boom, 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 turning from brown to pink to red to black. Wow. And throbbing. Wow. So she shoves it inside her sweatshirt, runs up the stairs. Oh no, this this vibrating black sponge inside my pink and purple striped hoodie sweatshirt. And she runs up the stairs and she slips on the stairs and falls hard on her right knee. And that day she realized... That sounds like it's smarts. Yeah. She realized that Aunt Louise is coming. Oh, yes. Aunt Louise is coming. This is such a throwaway... Aunt Louise from St. Louis. This is such a throwaway part that I know they would never include in the TV episode. No, this is crapped. So she says, oh, Aunt Louise is so cool and she uses tarot cards and she'll know what to do with the gruel. So Aunt Louise shows up with her floppy yellow straw hat and curly black hair and Kat pulls her upstairs to her room and shows her the gruel. Look, Aunt Louise. It's a gruel. I know Mrs. Vanderhoff, the science teacher, doesn't know what it is, but I know you'll know what it is. And Aunt Louise is like, girl, it's just a dry, dead sponge. Stop joking around. Yeah, why are you wasting my time? Can I go back downstairs now? And as soon as she leaves, the the dry, dead sponge plumps up and turns moist and pink and red and breathes. And Kat flips out and says, oh, you little bitch! And picks picks it up. slams it down on the table and smashes it with a textbook over and over and over and over till it's just shreds. And then she's like, I killed it. I killed it. It's dead. It's dead. I know it is. But then the shreds start to slowly piece themselves together and put themselves back together and it's whole again. And the gruel goes, (laughs) it goes, (laughs) 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 and she knows she can't kill it. So the next morning, Daniel wakes up, Kat says, we're going to be late. We're going to be late for school. Oh no, I forgot. We're in school. But he's just kidding because it's teacher conference day. Oh, Daniel. And Kat puts on her Save the Earth sweatshirt and purple flowered leggings. Wow, change it up. She's going for a new Luke. And she's working on her homework and she's reading a magazine in the backyard while Daniel and Carla are playing video games. 
And then Kat goes into her room later and sees that the gruel is gone. Oh no, where did it go? Did Aunt Louise take it back to St. Louis? She searches everywhere and she freaks out and she finds Daniel and Daniel says, I bet Carlo took it. That bitch. So they get on their bikes and head to the playground where they know he is. We gotta find him, but then we get to Chestnut Street. And they see that Carlo is sprawled (laughs) out in the- Carl is sprawled out in the middle of the street on his stomach. He's dead. <laughs> so they drive up on Car- Chestnut Street and they find Carlo dead on the street. And Carlo wakes up from de- death and says, I was racing with some kids and I hit some gravel and I skidded into a tree. And now my bike is mangled like a metal pretzel and I'm dead. I was reading and I fell. And Daniel and Kat help pull him up to the side of the street. And he says, I did. I, t- I took the gruel. It was And they're me. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, where's the gruel? Who I cares? I did eat the chips. And he says, I, I was going to show the gruel off to some kids at the playground. It was in my basket. My bike basket. But it must have rolled out. A where, tisket a tasket. Where could it have gone? So Carl just, Carlo just limps home. Bye, Carlo. See you in hell. While Daniel and Kat search all over the block to find where it must have rolled. Gotta find. Gotta Gotta find. find. Gruel. In doorways under flower beds. And then they see a sewer grate not far from the the bike. What the fuck is this sequence, by the way? Like, what is this? So basically what happens here is they're like, oh no, I know for sure this no bigger than an egg garden variety sponge fell through this grate in this manhole in the sewer. So they just... I don't know, lift the grate off and then Kat climbs down into the sewer that, and she kept slipping and slopping on slime in the sewer and it's completely pinched black. And she she walks away, she like walks down the sewer and she's like stumbling around in complete blackness and darkness until she sees glowing red eyes. Yellow eyes. Yellow eyes and feels things like scuttling and curling and cooling and hoodling over her legs. And And at first she thinks it's the girl but then she realizes no, it must be rat or raccoons. Oh no, there's rats all, and then she stumbles around, you know, wait, wait, wait until dark in in the sewer trying to find that ladder, and then she finds this slime ladder and climbs up and goes, bangs oh, her knee. Ow! Oh no! And climbs out, and that that was uh, pointless. Part of me is just like, nothing's happening in this book. We need something to happen. What's something scary? Um, um bats, bats, rats, rats. Yeah, rats. We'll just yeah, 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 yeah. We'll have rats in the sewers. We'll have rats in the sewer. And she climbs out. Daniel's upset. Kat is upset. And, and you know, they're upset about they can't find the gruel. They're upset because Killer's still gone. No one cares about Carlo. The killer's, killer, the killer is gone. Killer's gone. The police are literally looking for Killer. And so they continue to search the block up and down until the sun sets. And Carlo comes back. Yeah, he feels better now. And says, um... I'll help you guys look. And Daniel cries, I found it, I found it. But it turns out it's just a balled up brown paper bag. Same. (laughs) So they sit for a while upset. And Kat's like, I guess I'm going to die. Like, I'm going to die because we lost the sponge and I'm going to die. And then Carlo has an idea. Carlo has an idea. He says, maybe one of the guys I was racing with took it. Yeah, yeah, I bet they took it. And I bet they're at the playground right now. They're probably playing baseball because Arlstein loves baseball. 1956. So Carlo and, uh, so Daniel and Kat get on their bikes and ride to the playground. And Carlo runs and limps behind them. (laughs) So they get to the playground. They see some high justice for Carlo, justice for Barb. They see some high schoolers hanging out by the baseball diamond, and they see two in particular looking at something in another teen's hands, and they see that it's the gruel. Oh, 
And Kat has this ridiculous bit of dialogue where she's like, oh no, I've got to get the gruel from them. And she walks up to them in her friendliest voice and says, hey, um, how's it going? I know this sounds dumb, but you've got my favorite sponge. Can I have it back? <laughs> and a tall, a tall boy, kind of good looking with bright green eyes and straight blonde hair down over his shoulder says, oh, your favorite sponge? Sorry, you're mistaken. This, this is my favorite sponge. sponge. And she says, The um, seventh scariest Goosebumps book. And she says, No, um, no, really, it fell off that kid's bike, that one over there. His you know the one who's limping, the ugly, stupid one over there? His name's Carlo, and I, I really need it. And he says, Oh, can you prove it's yours? I don't see your name on it. She says, Well, you better give it back to me, because it's not really a sponge. It's evil. It brings bad <laughs> luck to anyone who has it. Yeah, any if you take your picture with it, you disappear. And the guy says, Ooh, I'm really scared. Maybe it's bad luck for you because you're not getting it back. Hey, Dave let's play catch and they toss it back and forth and she's like oh no and the guy puts it in his back pocket this book is too scary this puts in his back pocket and says oh it's my turn i'm up to bat it's my turn to play baseball or whatever and cat's like defeated and watches him play baseball with the gruel in his back pocket chapter 31 and the pitcher or whatever throws the ball and the ball hits that guy in the head. His eyes roll wildly and he <laughs> crumples to the ground and falls over dead. dead. And the gruel rolls out of his pocket. And so Kat's like, oh, uh, okay. And so she goes to grab the gruel and Dave d ignores his friend who's dead, grabs the gruel from her hand and tosses it really I have to have that sponge. Now give me my sponge. And tosses it really high in the air and then catches it and then gives it back to her and says, ha ha, and then decides to check on his friend who's dead. Yeah. And his friend just stands and goes, oh, I'm okay, I'm fine. I'm not dead. So Kat shoves the gruel back in her basket and she says it's pulsing so violently that her bike was shaking. It's turning from red to black to red to black to red to black. So she and Daniel race back home um, and Carlo runs behind them. And then Kat gets hit by a truck. This makes no sense to me, you guys. Let's. I want to break this down. Yeah. Break it down, break it down, break it down. Oh, oh. So Kat is pedaling so fast, too fast to get back home, and she hears behind her Daniel yelling, watch out, and she turns around and sees a truck skidding toward her. Yeah, it's skidding. And she skids to a halt and hits the pavement hard on, on her, her elbows and knees. And she tumbles onto the grass, and the truck misses her by Page a 95. foot. The truck barely misses her, and the driver yells at her for being in the middle of the street. So, I can't. so I, I'm, I'm confused. There was a truck behind her that almost hit her. Yeah, and her response was to stop, like was to brake. Yeah, and then the tr truck breaks and almost hits her, and she falls into the grass. <laughs> you guys, it doesn't make sense. Chunk, ba boom, whoa. So, um. After that near-death miss, she gets back on... Ole miss. She gets back on her bike, races home again. If at first she don't succeed. And on her way home, you guys, she's two houses away. Her front tire hits a broken bottle, and she falls off of her bike and lands hard. Final Destination 2, the street. And she sees the front. her front tire is completely shredded. Oh, no. Torn to shreds. So she picks up her bike... 
and runs. She decides to run over the gruel. She throws the gruel on the ground and runs over it again and again. Again and again. You bitch, you bitch, you bitch, you bitch. You ruined my life. And Daniel says, stop, stop. You're giving giving it what it wants. It's going crazy. It's pulsing faster. It's shaking so hard the whole neighborhood is shaking because it's vibrating and turning brown to pink to tomato red to black. And its eyes are glowing an evil light and its body is blood red. Ew, sicked. And she, when they get inside, she shoves it into the garbage disposal. Girl, you, you can't kill this thing. Yes, you can. Just shove it into the garbage disposal. This will get rid of it. Oh, good, 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 good. So she tries to shove it into the garbage disposal. And, and turns like, it on. I killed the gruel. But then, of course, Carla runs in and goes, what? Finally makes it out of breath and is like, I broke my leg and I still followed you guys. And says, what's going on? And... And Kat's like, the gruel is gone. He screams, no, it's not. Because the sink starts bubbling up with hot water and the gruel pops up, dark, purple, cackling. (laughs) And and Kat goes to pick it up, but it's scorching hot. And they're like, what do we do? Let's go get the Encyclopedia of the Weird again. Like, the gruel, it can't be killed by force or by any violent means. And then Kat says, yeah, I have an idea. Oh, wait, I have an idea. So she picks up the gruel, and this is her idea. She decides to sing to it sweetly. I'd like you to sing this song for me, Matthew. Lullaby and good night, little gruel. I love you. Please sit tight, little gruel. La 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 la. So she sings that to the gruel. And the pulse of the gruel starts to slow down, and it turns back to red, to pink to dull brown and then its eyes close it starts to shrivel and it dries up and she keeps singing until it stops breathing and moving completely and then Then she she puckers up and she coos in its ear and says little gruel cute gruel you that are so nice so sweet so wonderful i love you gruel and she kisses it and then it shrinks sweet gruel and it shrinks shrinks to a tiny little ball and then she blows it with her hands and it flies away into feathery little puffs and disappears and then they decide to go get ice cream the gruel is dead ice cream and they come back home after getting ice cream Mm. oh no wait 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 they decide to go get ice cream and on their way out they hear breathing at the back door Ooh, panting ah, it's whoa, back ah. it's back and the no, door opens and it's killer. killer and then they not only see the killer's back but the yard is back to normal gorgeous everything is perfect and wonder then they, park then they go to the they go to get some ice cream at the ice cream parlor my tea and the waitress wipes the wipes the table with a sponge and Ew. danny goes yuck get that thing out of here the waitress didn't understand but we all laughed and laughed for the first time in weeks. And Kat says, don't mind my brother. He's got a thing about sponges. <laughs> so when they get home, they find that Killer is growling at the cabinet under the sink again. Oh, Killer. Killer. What you talking about, Killer? And he's he something must be really grabbing his attention because he's even ignoring his turkey dinner. Oh, no, he loves his turkey dinner. So she opens the cat. Cat opens the cabinet, and is it time to read the beginning? And killer of this pushes book? in, grabs something with his mouth, and drops it on the floor. And cat says, "What is that?" And she sees that, oh, it's just a potato. And then she passes it over to Daniel and feels a sharp pain. Ouch! Ouch! Something sharp pricked my finger. And she feels that the potato is warm and it's breathing. Now it's time for us to read the first paragraph and the last paragraph of the book. 
Before my brother and I found the strange little creature under the sink, we were a normal happy family. In fact, I'd have to say we were very lucky. The potato had a mouth full of teeth. So when I think of this book, I think of... This is one of the first things that comes to mind because I think this is such a devilishly dark, fucked up twist. I love this twist. And the twist, I mean, like... It's the length. The, the twist, because um, I love the length was such a throwaway thing earlier and then it comes back to haunt us in the end. But at this point, you know, we're 30 books in. You know, like, how Goosebumps books works. And for me, the anticipation of the twist ending is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And that gets really I'll exciting. How's it gonna, it's, how's it gonna, how's it gonna twist, twist, twist? And so when I reread this book when I was 16, I gave it a B plus. Yes. Um, I, I, I think it's more of a B, to be completely mm, honest. Like a B more of anything. B. But I think a lot of that B rating and a lot of what's good about this book literally comes from that twist ending because I think it's so fun. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the TV episode. Episode. Yeah, good. this was season one, episode fourteen. It aired February second, nineteen ninety six. Oh, so less than a year after this book came out. Yes, In- interesting. Yes, that's true. Um, and I love Catherine Isabel, who's the actress who plays Cat. Daniel you, loves her. You would recognize her from Ginger Snaps or Freddy versus Jason. Jason. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love her, and I think she does a killer job. Uh-huh. <laughs> so let's talk about this episode. So. It starts off similarly to the book. The house does not have a yard that's as big as a football field, which is disappointing. They do a good job with um, exposition at the beginning. I they feel they like. really do, and she very quickly finds you know Killer, who is not a cocker spaniel. He's a, like a German Shepherd. Fi- you know, is is whining at something. Killer, who's an amazing dog actor. Yeah, actually, really great. Finds whimpers at something under the sink and. Ca- Cat's like, oh, is it a kitty? It's a kitty. So there's this like extended sequence that I think the direction's pretty good, but like it's her climbing through the sink trying to find what it is and she sees glowing red eyes. And then we just kind of get this like standalone, like just shot backed by complete darkness of the gruel. Now what I don't like about the gruel I don't here, I don't love the way the gruel looks. I think the description of the gruel in the book is really scary because it's kind of this wet laughing sponge with black eyes and that's it. But like in the TV episode it's much bigger than an egg. It's like probably the size between like a softball and a soccer ball. Yeah, like and it's, it's a, sort of like a lumpy mish. It's not it doesn't really have a shape. And it has three cartoon glowing red eyes and it has sharp Needle teeth. There's no reason for a gruel to have teeth, I feel like, because... I feel like they wanted to make it look scarier than it probably was, but... Yes, but... I want it to look like the book. I want to look... I think the book is scarier, because it's more strange. It also does... It doesn't change color, like... No, it doesn't change color. And it doesn't... It doesn't really... It, it, it kind it, of squiggles and makes noises like... <laughs> So as soon as Kat pulls out, sees the sponge, she screams and bumps into her mom and her mom drops her china dishes. I don't think the TV show actually does a very great job of selling the fact that the sponge is causing bad things to happen at first. It, it They kind of... I think it's... I, I appreciate its subtlety. I feel like it doesn't... I guess so, but I feel like it doesn't go quite far enough in the TV episode. In the book, I feel like it goes too far. It's like, we get it. It's bad luck. You know mm. what I mean? But like the TV episode, like... It, to me, it doesn't really spell it out. It's kind of like we accept very, very early on in the TV episode, there's a sponge that's going to do bad things. We're already scared of it, but we don't really establish what it does. Quite yeah, well. the sponge causes the mom to drop, 
you know, quote, causes the mom to drop, my china, my mother gave me these dishes. And what's, and also causes, um, Daniel to like step on some broken glass. Well, let, what happens here is Kat throw, throws away the sponge. And then it kind of comes back it and fa- stalks We her. see it moving and like moving through a door and like following There's her around. There's this really strange sequence where she's like washing her face and like for some reason rubbing dirty, dirty soap water all over the mirror so we can barely see it. And she's like, I'm washing my face and goes to reach for like a washcloth. But instead she reaches this giant basketball sized like wet sponge and she like is like, oh God, what, how did it get in here? And she screams, knocks over glass, breaks the glass. Daniel comes in to find out why she screams, kind of steps on the glass and she starts screaming. She goes, this sponge. That ugly sponge. And the mom's like, what are you talking about? Like, let's go fix your brother's foot. So that night, Killer is asleep on Kat's bed and just panting away. And Killer wakes up, sees the sponge under the bed, sees the girl under the bed, like sort of, and sort of like goes after it. And the next morning, Killer is gone. Yeah. And there's a little moment where Daniel's eating pizza. I think this line is kind of fun and ridiculous. But Daniel's eating pizza. And, and she's like, mom's like, can't we do better than like cold, eating cold pizza, cold for, pizza in the morning for breakfast? And he's like, it's got all the basic food groups in it. And she says, yeah, and so does your face. Because uh-huh, uh-huh. he's messily eating pizza. And then like Kat just like goes for a ride in the woods. Looking for killer. And her brakes don't work. Oh no. And she kind of like, you know, this is our one bike crash of the TV episode. Because we only need one, guys. And so like after she crashes her bike, she's like, uh, uh, there's some kind of voice thing where it's like, I knew something bad was happening. And I'm like, what? Anyway. So she comes inside and Daniel and Carlo are watching um, Welcome to Camp Nightmare. Welcome to Camp Nightmare. They're literally watching, like, um, they're literally watching dailies from uh, Welcome to Camp Nightmare on TV and, like, pretending it's a scary movie in the middle of the day eating cartoon handfuls of white popcorn. It sounds great. Yeah, that sounds fun. And... Uh, she kind of is dejected and sits down on the couch and the gruel is inside of her helmet and starts sort of freaking out and Carlo and Daniel see it sort of like its mouth moving, its warbling noise and Carlo says, this is better than the X-Files which has been used in tons of Goosebumps commercials. I feel like that line was literally just for a sound bite for Goosebumps commercials. <laughs> And they decide to immediately throw it in a hole. It's sopping wet, by the way. Throw it in a hole in the backyard and bury it. And then there's this, like, kind of um, after-school TV special moment of the dad and Catherine Isabel sitting on the back porch while they're sitting there, and they're like, I really miss Killer, and they're kind of, like, despondently looking at evening time. And literally, I've, I've thought, thought this ever since I was a cheering. Some, some, all of a sudden, like, like a, um, a, a 90s keyboard comes in playing a solo of Somebody to lean on, lean on me when you're not strong. But it's just one note is different. Everything's gonna be all right from now on. What is it? 
Isn't that weird? It's ridiculous. <laughs> so the next morning, they find that somebody has spray painted the lawn brown. AKA, it's supposed everything's like dying. It's like, oh no, we have to take our dirty, just washed hands and dig up the sponge again. It's literally somebody spray painted it brown. That's what it looks like. They dig it up. She takes it to Miss Vanderhoff. Miss Vanderhoff is a little nicer than I think she probably is in the book. And Miss Miss Vanderhoff is like, mm, it's just a sponge. It's just a sponge, sweetie. And she agrees to keep it overnight to sort of look, you know, to to look at look at this the gruel for cat. But the second she's like alone with the gruel. Well, with the, well like, let's talk about the the line that I love right before cat leaves. Cat's like, thank you so much, Miss Vanderhoff. And well, one last thing. Thanks, Miss Vanderhoff. Oh, and Miss Vanderhoff. Mm-hmm. Just make sure that whatever you do, you put it back in its cage when you're done. And Miss Van Hoff's like, what? I think Catherine Isabel's really good. And she this is, is one really of these good. episodes. When Daniel and I went to the All Night Goosebumps um, marathon at the silent movie theater here in LA a year ago, um, and they played Goosebumps episodes all night, this was one of the ones they played around like two or three in the morning. Um, and I think this is one, it's only, it's, it's not a two part, it's just 22 minutes. It's a really kind of fun one to watch. Um, and just, or to like have on the background. But one of the things I think makes this episode so strong is I think the actors are actually really good. Yeah. And I think Catherine Isabel kind of has several moments in this episode where I feel like she's so unnervingly good that it doesn't pull focus, but like it gives a kind of depth to this episode. Sure. That it's like, and she it, takes it so real and seriously that there's this like weird kind of quiet maturity about everything It's like haunted mask a little bit. Yeah. She, it makes the episode feel... I love discussing acting in 90s kids TV shows. I <laughs> it, actually do. It feels like such a full episode. You know? Yes, it feels like, like... some episodes sort of like scream by, and some episodes feel like nothing happened, and this one feels like a good solid 30 yeah, minutes. it does. Even though it's 22 or whatever. Emmy Award winning, it came from beneath the sink. So, as uh, soon as Kat leaves, uh, and Miss Vanderhoff kind of rolls her eyes at the sponge a little bit, um... One of the beaker, beaker explodes... It's like, ooh. And Miss Vanderhoff is like, like kind, of, kind of over the top reaction to it. So way. that night, Carlo has this, uh, Carlo's sitting with Daniel and Kat, and he has a book called The Encyclopedia of the Weird, and he basically reads, he reads about, everything that we... about the gruel. And he kind of casually mentions the lynx. He's like, well, you'd probably rather have a gruel than a lynx. Lynx is like vampire potato with nasty little they do. Teeth. I think they do a good job in the book and the <clears> TV show of throwing that away, that you pay attention enough, but you also don't really expect it to come back. Yeah. Yeah. So they read, after reading the Encyclopedia of the Weird, they realize that they need to get the gruel back, otherwise Cat will die. And here's the, this whole next sequence is, you know, it, it stands out so strong to me and it's, it's so um, vivid in my mind or whatever when I think about this episode and this entire sequence I think works so much better than actually what happens in, in, in the book. As opposed to like sponge throwing and teen t-ball and baseball of what happens here so they pretty feels much like more of a climax they very easily get into the school and emil the night janitor is there like cleaning up things at night he's he's like, he's like a walkman he has like a tape player and he's listening to you are my sunshine which i think is so ridiculous i mean like who like walks around listening to music that's like you make me happy. Like, like who like actually listens to nursery rhymes no one and so he's like walking around and um, cleaning classrooms and things like that. And they search for it in the Miss Vanderhoff science classroom by dumping out trash and everything. And um, the janitor 
there's like a slime trail that's like leading from so i guess kind of all of a sudden the gruel is like kind of slimy or something like that and the kids like kind of hide but emil the night janitor is using the like the slimy gruel sponge and kind of starts cleaning up with it and realizes it's not like doing its job it's making things dirtier and as he's cleaning the the lights go out yeah like so bad bad luck starts kind of happening the lights go out and, and he, he goes kind of, to look at the breaker or whatever. He goes to fix the breaker, but ends up bumping his head and knocking himself out. So like the janitor, yeah, is he like drops his flash. He drops his flashlight, bumps his head. Yeah, he's passed out. And Cat and Carlo and Daniel, who have been hiding from him, go to ch- go to see like what the deal was. It's like, is he dead? It's like, no, he's breathing. And then Cat, uh, what is it? She then the the gruel's like on top of a shelf going. <laughs> On top of a cabinet that has a vat in it that says danger, acid. acid. And Kat gets on a stool and stands on top of the cabinet to sort of grab it. And it scares her. And she falls off the stool and the cabinet falls over. And it, the cabinet falls over in front of the door to the classroom. So blocking the classroom, this cabinet falls over and crashes and beakers of acid spill all over the place. And, and this green pink, and pink gas. acid and pink gas start spreading around the room. And they're like, we have to get out of here. We have to get out of here. Let's try and get out the window. And the the more acid leaks, the bigger the gruel grows. Yeah, it starts growing like in size, like monster blood, basically. Yeah. And the janitor sort of wakes up. Oh, no. They're like, we have to get out of here. We've got to get out of here. Yeah. And they start, they're like, we have to go out the window. So they start dragging the janitor's dead body. And as they're dragging his body, the headphones come out of the tape player. So, so you are my sunshine. My only sunshine starts like playing. And the more, the louder the music or the more the music plays, the gruel starts shrinking. And they're like, oh, look, the music's making the, the gruel shrink. Or like, why is that? And like, Daniel's like, I don't know. This music is so, makes you want to puke. And she's like, yeah, but why does it make you want to puke? He's like, cause it's so, I don't know, happy. And they're like, oh, the happy music is shrinking the gruel. And then the tape player dies and the, and the, the gruel starts to grow again. And so they have to sing to the gruel. And so Kat starts singing. Did I ever tell you what a beautiful sponge you are? So handsome. So terrific. Daniel, what happened? Nothing. It's growing again. You've got to do something. What? Sing a song, Cat. Sing. I don't know the words. Well, make something up. Um, And make it corny. Um... Did I ever tell you what a wonderful sponge you are? Hey, keep going. So, so handsome. So terrific. Of course. Brilliant. Kill it with kindness. I love your big, beautiful eyes. All of them. I love what you've done with your hair. And, and that skin. So damp and yellow and absorbent. When I grow up, I want to be a killer sponge just like you. When Dan and I had this... Um, Goosebumps uh, scavenger hunt game night at Daniel's old apartment uh, a couple of years ago. One of the things you had to do around the house was at a certain point you had to go under Daniel's kitchen sink and under the kitchen sink Daniel had a giant yellow sponge where he drew an angry face on it and said gruel and, and before we had to continue the scavenger hunt everyone had to take turns singing to the gruel sponge. It was really really fun. It was cool. So the sponge starts si- sinking and, and, and shrinking, shrinking and shrinking and shrinking the more that they sing and then it turns into a regular egg sized garden variety sponge. The janitor Emil wakes up or whatever and is like oh kids and like you know they're all coughing. He, he uses a fire things. yeah he uses a fire extinguisher to get out the and acid. gets them out of there. And then I guess everything's fine. And then in the end which, I, which, is, which is definitely different from the book like 
there's kind of a voiceover where Kat like wakes up in the morning and looks over and she's like, "Good morning, Gruel." Good morning, Gruel. And she sees that you. She's like, "I knew now that I could never live without the Gruel. Like the Gruel is like a part of my life or something like that." And there's kind of a little makeshift diorama house with little flowers that the Gruel lives in. And she takes headphones and a. A uh, 90s house dance remix of the Goosebumps theme comes on and she put the headphones over the box and so the gruel's constantly surrounded by happiness and like upbeat music and so the gruel will never like give her bad luck again. She kind of like smiles and goes I downstairs. like that twisted fun ending. Good morning, Gruuly. Another beautiful day. There you go. Enjoy your meal. I think that's. I think it's cool. a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah. So uh, she goes downstairs, and Killer shows up. Yeah, Killer comes running in. She's like, "Killer's here!" And then like the mom's like, "French toast for everyone." Okay, everyone, French toast. And then of course she's like, "Killer, what do you have in your mouth? A potato?" And then there's this really horrifying, really frightening, terrifying, super fast shot of a potato with vampire teeth opening up, and her screaming, screaming, screaming. The end. And that's I. It's worth watching because I think how they do the lengths is so terrifying and looks, looks like how you good. would imagine it. You can even Google lengths, L-A-N-X, or Goosebumps to see what it actually looks like because it's so terrifying. This one's pretty fun. I it's had fun with fun. this one. This was exciting. Yeah, I totally agree. So you guys, um, get your scrub daddies at Bed Bath & Beyond and use those. And if you ever move into a new house, look out under that sink because it might be a gruel or a lengths, okay? Okay. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Yeah, next week we have, um, or next episode we Ugh, have... Night Living It's Dummy. about time. It's about... Night Living Dummy 2. It's been so long since the original Night Living Dummy. And Night Living Dummy doesn't even give you what the, the slappy books really give you. Night Living Dummy 2 is the quintessential slappy I'm book. I'm so excited. This one's going to be really, really exciting. So make sure not to miss that one you guys um i have to give a quick little before we go yeah of course. a quick little timely shout out this won't make any sense to most people listening to this podcast but mm -hmm. um it's halloween season in 2016 as we're recording this and i have a haunted house it's called creep la if you're in los angeles please come i wrote screen. it I produced it. It's got killer, I, killer reviews. It's amazing. It's called Creep Los Angeles. Please come. It's like as adult goosebumps as it can possibly get, I guess. Yeah. It's not for kids. No, definitely not for children. It's at definitely all. not. But um, if you are in Los Angeles and it is October when you're listening to this in 2016, please come. If not, um, watch It Came From Beneath the Sink, the TV episode. Yeah, and and um, you know, um, uh, leave us a comment or, or, or reviews on iTunes if you'd like, or just give us some, shoot us some stars if you're enjoying yourself. Sure. Or you can always email us at welcome to deadcast at gmail.com. Dan and I were going through emails yesterday and getting our entire afterlife, yes. checking out some of the pictures and things and, and things that people sent. So and good. if you if you're on Twitter or on Instagram, you know by now that we love responding and love interacting yes, on there. Please. My Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery. I know it's long. And my Twitter is I robot Eugene and Daniel's on both of those is Danny Mac seven six nine. But if you if that's too much for you, just search the hashtag Welcome to Deadcast, and you will find some of our posts in there, and you'll be able to find us pretty quickly on there. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. I'm so excited to get tonight a living dummy. Yeah, too. and I had fun this time. We're the the thirties. 
you know, like I was watching an interview with the other day where Britney Spears was saying how she loves her 30s so much and the 30s oh. are great. And the 30s for the Goosebumps are, we, we got nothing but like heavy hitters, fun ones coming up. So please join us for our 30s Goosebumps extravaganza. It's going to be pretty gruel. <laughs> if you dare. <laughs>